Good morning, VLC. Um, whew, that video gets me every time. <laughs> um, and for those of you who don't know me, my name is Kate. I am Andy's wife, one of the youth pastors here. Um, and for some odd reason, uh, pastor asked me to speak, so we're in for a ride today. So um, before we get started, I do just want to pray together as a family, so if you'll bow your head with me. Father God, I just thank you, and I am just so humbled that you would even consider me. And I just thank you that you would calm my nerves and quiet my voice, and Lord, that it would only be you that speaks today. I thank you that as we come together as a family and online, that it would be your word that is spoken. And I thank you that eyes and ears and hearts will be opened. I thank you that walls will come down and hearts will be softened to receive the word of God. Father God, I thank you that um, as we go about this, that you'll speak to us individually, remind us how much you love us, and show us how we can just grow with you and grow with our relationship with you. I thank you, and I praise you, and I give you all the glory in his name. Amen. So I'm sure that you guys are incredibly um, bright and intelligent, so according to the video, <laughs> you kind of get an idea of what we're going to talk today about, and it is um, our words and our thoughts, and today I just want to, um, today I want to either teach you something or reconfirm a truth that you already knew about words, but I want you to hear my heart um, that while I was going this, God was dealing with me as well. <laughs> None of us are exempt. This is a lifelong journey. This is something that you will struggle with your entire life. But there is hope. <laughs> um, we will get our words right, and we will see the miracles and our prayers answered that we are believing for. So I just want you to know that I'm in it with you. Um, I am no better than anybody else, and my inner circle gets on me all the time about my words. I saw that face, Annie. Um, but as we, as we start today, one of the most profound statements that I've heard in the past couple of months, it's from my good friend, Holly Furtick. She's not really my friend, but one day she's going to be my friend. Um, and, it, and she said, I can only change me. But when I change me, I change us. Okay, so I want us to keep that in mind as we go and learn today about our words because maybe your us is your marriage. Maybe your us is your relationship with your parents or your children. Maybe your us is a coworker, your neighbors, your friends, your church family. We all have us's. And we're always looking at, well, I will speak for myself <laughs> because I'm a control freak. So I like to think, how can I help them? How can I change them? But really, I have no power to do that. It's not even my job. It is, let me make it very clear to you, it is not your job to change anyone, to save anyone. That is only God's responsibility. And all he asks is that we be obedient and let him do the part that we can't. So keep this in remembrance as we go throughout today that when, I, when we talk about our heads and our hearts and our words, don't be nudging your husband or your sister or whoever's sitting by you. Let the Holy Spirit work in you because I had to spend a lot of quiet time saying, but God, but God. And he said, I don't care about your butt. <laughs> so I didn't mean it to come out that way, but that was pretty funny. <laughs> so 
Anyways, um, I can only change me, but when I change me, I change us, okay? The us has to change because you changed. So keep that in your mind and the forefront of your heart when, when we go forward today. So I want to talk to you um, about the head and the, and the heart and the mouth connection. I really liked geometry, so I kind of look at it like a triangle. Um, some people don't like geometry, but I don't know about that. Um, there is a correlation between the three, and I want to go over that today. But before we go over that connection, you need to know how you were created. Some people know, and this will just be a confirmation to those who know, and some of you don't. So we're going to discover how you were created, because that makes a huge difference when you look at this triangle um, of your head and your heart and your mouth. So in Genesis 1, 26 and 27, it says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, the livestock, and all the wild animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. When God created, he spoke. We were created to be like him, so our words create. They can destroy and they can abolish, but our words were made to create, whether it's good or bad, because we, you, were made in the image of God. Um, so what are you creating with your words? And your words, this was kind of a good analogy for me, your words are containers for power. So what are you carrying around? What kind of power? I joke around. I have a friend that has a pretty amazing little girl. And I tell her all the time, I'm like, your kid is going to, like, really rule the world. And we don't know if it's going to be for good or for evil yet. But I am totally going to be her best friend in case it's evil. <laughs> so your words are containers for power. So what are you creating? Um, so the first, the first part of the, the triangle is the mind. And I'm going to throw a whole lot of scriptures at you because that's how God deals with me. I don't want people's opinions. I don't want people's thoughts. I want the word of God because it says the word of God is what changes my heart. Um, not, not opinions and not thoughts. So forgive me, but I'm not sorry. <laughs> uh, so 2 Corinthians 10.5. We are destroying sophisticated arguments and every exalted and proud thing that sets itself against the true knowledge of God. We are taking every thought and purpose captive to the obedience of Christ. So when I was younger, I didn't really understand what that meant, that we were supposed to take it captive. So I'm going to give you an analogy. If you know my husband, or have better yet, had the privilege to travel with my husband and I, he has to eat a lot. We carry, I'm, I'm not joking, we carry emergency snacks because all of a sudden it can hit him. And he doesn't have a blood sugar problem. <laughs> he has no medical condition that we know of. He's been tested for tapeworm and everything. Like, <laughs> we, don't, we don't know, but it's, it's definitely hereditary because his children do it. Um, so we, like, mommy carries snacks in her purse because sometimes they have meltdowns. So we were, we were someplace the other day. And God just really put this on my heart. But Andy was like, 
oh my gosh, I'm hungry. And it like hits him out of nowhere and he was like, is it lunchtime? And I'm like, it's 10.30. And he was like, but, I, but, it's, but I'm hungry. Like, and I'm like, can, like it's 10.30. Now, in Andy's defense, he does get up way before the sun. So 10.30 is kind of like his lunch. But I don't. So I'm not ready for lunch until like 12.30 or 1. So, um, so he's like, ugh, I'm really hungry. He was like, I'll, we'll, just, we'll just finish this and then, and then we'll eat lunch. So, I mean, like, and he started working faster because <laughs> he needed to eat. And, uh, you know, God just showed me, like, Andy's hunger was a big deal to him. And he instantly was like, nope, I'm taking that captive. I'm going to feed myself. I'm going to get this hunger under control. And I'm going to get it out. And that's the same thing that we have to do with our mind. We have to recognize what the problem is or what the thought is. And we've got to deal with that immediately, kind of like Andy deals with his hunger. So, you know, that, it's so that's what that means. We've got to recognize when these things come in our mind, and I'm a little bit ahead of myself, I'm sorry, but we've got to recognize, is this the truth? Well, you find out if it's the truth by being in the Word of God. Whether it's a thought about your spouse, whether it's a thought about somebody in front of you that my husband says can't drive, or whether it's a thought about yourself, is that the truth? If it's not the truth, you need to take that thought captive. And you'd be like, no, I'm not going to listen to these lies because that's what they are. You know, so, and then, so you've got to take your thoughts captive. But the second fold to that is our eyes and our ears, they're important. They are the windows to our brain, right? So, like, we're, well, I'll just, I'll just read this. I don't want to get off track. What we hear and see helps develop thought that we either disregard or we keep and we meditate on. Not all that enters our thoughts are from the natural. We can have thoughts from Satan as well. He can attack us that way. So that's why the Bible tells us, one, to put on the helmet of salvation. I know that um, I don't need to go into a lot of detail on that because Pastor just preached on that, so you know how important making sure that you have your armor on when you go out into the world. But also, um, why the Bible tells us to take those thoughts captive. So, and this is just a side note. We, we went on a retreat with the students, and one of the students was struggling with the thoughts that she had over herself, and, was, and she was just really having a hard time taking those thought cap those thoughts captive and so um, we were talking with her and we of course we were loving on her and encouraging her all those things and and you know we were, and she's and she knew about the armor of God and I said if you knew that when you left your house someone literally was going to be shooting arrows at your head all day long would you not put a helmet on would you not protect your physical head well, what's inside is a little bit more important because it stinks from here to here. It's important that we make sure that we guard our heart or that we guard our heads first because that's what we're talking about. But we've also got to make sure that we are in the word and we know what the truth is. We know what God says, not only about us, but about situations, how to act, how to react how to um, just basically live life. You've got to be in your word to know the truth, 
to be able to combat the things that come into your head. You know, and, and, and what, are you, what are you putting in your head? What are you putting in your head? You know, one of the things that God's been dealing with me lately, and I'm going to hold on to this stand because it's a tough one, is TV. I love TV. I'm going to be very honest with you. I, I love to sit down. <laughs> Billy, stop it. I love to sit down and watch TV and not have to think for a minute. And I, and, I, and I don't know a lot of moms can identify with that because we've got a million different things in our head going all day long about all the stuff that we have to get done, not only for our family, but for our job and whatever else we've got going because we've got a lot of things going. So sometimes for me, it's nice just to go and not think for a minute. But God's been, I would say lovingly, but that's not the truth because that's not how he deals with me. He's been like slamming me going, Kate, I've told you about this. Put it down. And then for some reason, he speaks to my husband too. And my husband's like, what are you doing? What are you watching? Is that garbage? And that's how I hear it in my head, but that's not how he says it. He's a very loving husband, but that's how I hear it in my head. And sometimes I'll put it down, and then sometimes I'll be like, I'm going to watch this garbage. <laughs> um. But what are we putting in our head? What are we watching? What are we listening to? You know, are you watching violence? Are you, wa a, a little story on the violence. Okay, for all of you who know me or don't know me, I don't condone this at all. It was a mistake on my part. But I watched one of the Rambo movies. And after I watch movies like that, I feel like I can do that stuff. <laughs> and so, like, I really thought, like, I mean, you guys are, you're seeing me, right? Like, I'm, I'm not fit for athleticism. But in my head, like, I'm as quick as a lion. And I'm as dangerous as a tiger. And I can take my husband down. And that's, that's, that's really what I think in my head because I've watched this movie. And so, like, my first, and, and then to top it off, like, Andy will say, I'm sorry, honey, I, like, he'll say something to me, and nothing's wrong with it, but then, like, all of a sudden, I'm reacting with violence, and I'm like, and so, like, we kind of roughhouse anyways. He does not abuse me. That's not what I'm saying. We just like to play around. Um, but I'll, like, I'll be like, don't come at me. I know how to Rambo you. I'll be like, I will take you down, sucker. And, and then he laughs at me, and then he makes it worse because I don't like to be laughed at it's an ordeal but when I watch those when I watch movies like that it affects me like it it makes me believe a lie about myself <laughs> but it also makes me react in a way that is not healthy and not godly you know I don't need to react in violence or run in my mouth just because Rambo did it so what are we watching are you watching violence are you watching things that have sexual content that are degrading to women? And so then you, inna you innately just disrespect your wife or your husband. Are you watching pornography? What are you putting in your head that's going to sink down into your heart? You know, we've got to be more on purpose about what we put in our heads and what we allow in our heads. So, because it, it makes all the difference. It makes all the difference. So in Isaiah 26, 3, it says, you will keep, 
in perfect and constant peace, the one whose mind is steadfast, that is committed and focused on you in both inclination and character, because he trusts and takes refuge in you with hope and confident expectation. I don't know about you, but especially in today's world, I need all the peace I can get. There's enough going on in this world that can tear you up and give you an ulcer and make you sick that we need to do everything that we can to grab on to peace and maintain peace in our homes. And not only in our homes, but in our hearts. You know, because again, if you can change you, you can change we. It's inevitable. And then Second um, Timothy 1.7, it says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment and personal discipline. I'm just going to stop you right there because the Lord just spoke to me. Kate, you need to have more discipline about not watching TV. Where do you need more discipline? Do you need more discipline? Like, I have a friend. I think she's a little wackadoo. But God, she says, God wants me to get up at 530. I'm glad he didn't speak that to me. <laughs> but she has to discipline herself. I'm going to have to discipline myself to not put garbage in my head. So where, where do you need discipline? But anyways, it says, so of sound judgment and personal discipline, abilities that result in a calm well-balanced mind and self-control. Who in here wants a well-balanced mind? I do. My mind can go sideways so fast. <laughs> like sometimes I think it's not even attached. It can go so crazy. I need a well-balanced, sound, peaceful mind. So again, where is your mind at? Do you have a sound, well-balanced, peaceful mind? Are you in turmoil? And again, what are you putting in your head? You know, those are questions that you, you need to just let God deal with you. Again, absolutely no condemnation. I mean, I'm, I'm being very open with you. Like, I watch things, and I don't, I, don't, I don't watch, like, horrible things. But even the things you don't think are horrible, they affect your little head. So let's be more on purpose about having a peaceful mind, having a well-balanced mind. Because not only do you need it, but mommies and daddies, your kids need it. They need to know that you're steady. They need to know that even when the world is going crazy, your house is peaceful. And that comes from the head down. Let me tell you, parents, I love you. Your kids need you to step up. Your kids need you to be steadfast. Your kids need you to be the example. And if you're not right now, that can change today. If you were ever going to fight for anything, this is a side note, I'm sorry, it should be your children. And I'm just going to leave that, I'm just going to leave that there. So let's go on to Romans. Romans 12:2. The New Living Testament. Yeah, the New Living. It says, "Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think." 
Then when you learn to know God's will for your life, which is good and pleasing, then you will know to learn God's will for your life, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And I also like the way the message says it. It says, don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit in without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You will be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly, quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-informed maturity in you. You know, we need to stand out. There's a lot of, pe- there's a lot of people that are searching for peace. There's a lot of people that are searching for love, and we need to stand out. And I'm not saying, well, I am just going to say it. We don't need to stand out on social media. Social media has never changed anybody's heart. Social media has never won anyone to Christ. All it is is your opinions on things. And there is a host of other things wrong with it. But they need to see your love and your peace And they're going to go, you know what? The economy's crashing. You don't even know where your next paycheck is coming from. How in the world do you even have peace right now? How do you know that you're going to be okay? And then all of a sudden your platform comes up. And you get to share the love of Christ with somebody. And maybe, just maybe, show them how to have that peace in in their home as well. Philippians 4.8 And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. When I watch Rambo, that is the exact opposite of what this scripture says. (laughs) You know, so, and I'm right there with you, is difficult. Is a... When I tell you it's a lifelong challenge that we're going to have, I'm not exaggerating. (laughs) We'll we'll get into why. There's scriptures that say that too. But that's why we need God so much. That's why we need to dive into his word and spend time with him and have a relationship with him. Because it's not easy to fix your things on what is true. We want to fix our things on gossip. We want to fix our things on drama. We want to fix our eyes and our ears and our hearts and whatever else we can on on anything else that's easier. I'm guilty. I'm totally guilty of it too. Sometimes it's so hard that you just go, maybe not today, God. I'll do it tomorrow though. I'm right there with you. Again, I'm being being totally transparent. I I am guilty of it all, but I don't want to be here anymore. And I hope it's your heart that you don't want to be here anymore. That you want to go from glory to glory, from one level of God to the next level of God. Because with that comes so much more peace and so much more blessing and so much more of everything good. But it takes work. It takes work on our part. So so now we understand the mind. We understand how important the mind is. We understand why we shouldn't let things in, why we, under, we get that part. So let's move on to the heart. Proverbs 4.23, mm, 4, 
The New Living says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And the message version says, keep, <laughs> keep vigilant watch over your heart, because that is where life starts. Don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Avoid careless banter. This says white lies, but there's no such thing, so I'm just going to say lies. <laughs> Avoid careless banter, lies, and gossip. Your heart is the second part of the triangle, but it's who you really are. Your spirit, so what things, the things that go in your head fall into your heart or your spirit, and, and that's who you really are. Have you ever met somebody that's like really fake? And you think they're really great at first, and you're like, oh my gosh, I found a new friend, and they're so wonderful, and it's going to be so much fun. And then like after two weeks with them, you're like, this ain't fun anymore. <laughs> because what's in here will always come out. You can't hide it. You can't tamp it down forever. It's who you really are, and it will always come out. So that's why God says this is where your life starts. This is where your life and the course of your life begins in your heart because that's who you really are. Matthew 12, 33 says a tree is identified by its fruit. If, if it's a good tree, its fruit will be good. If it's a bad tree, its fruit will be bad. This scripture is showing a direct correlation a, a direct connection from the heart to the mouth. Because if the tree, your heart, is good, then your fruit, your words, will be good. If the tree is bad or rotten, your words will be rotten and bad. And, and just as a side note, we are never to judge someone's heart because we don't know what's in there. But you can judge their fruit. If someone murdered someone, we'll just go to the extreme because I know nobody's done that, but if someone's murdered someone, like, you know that's a sin. That's like top ten. Like, that is, you can say that was a sin. Now, we are never to connect the sin to the person. What happens so many times in the church is I think that we, we think that we're just judging the fruit, but what we're doing is we're judging the person and we're condemning the person to their sin. And we never allow them to come out of that sin and we never allow them to grow and be a better person. So you have to be very careful when you're looking at someone's fruit and not judging the person and not judging their heart because we all make mistakes. But those mistakes are not who define us. And we've got to be careful as a church. So that's just a side note. So now that we know that your head goes down to your heart, now let's talk about our words. You know, people get divorces over words. Families are split apart over words. People lose jobs over words. People have low self-esteem because of words that were spoken over them. Words are powerful. Words create or destroy. You know, if God wanted to, he could say one word and the earth would be flattened. You have that same power inside of you. Words create. 
words are containers of power and we need to choose our words very care very carefully and it's time that we step up to the plate and we be accountable for the words that we allow to come out of our mouth the bible says that you will hold an account for every word that you spoke and it's time that we stop saying well i'm just human oh i was just kidding that's a good cover-up that we all use We've got to be accountable for the words that we allow to come out of our mouth. They don't just fall out. They don't just slip right through your tongue. You have control over your body and over your tongue. You allowed that to come out, whether it's good or bad. And we've got to take accountability for those things. James 3, 1 through 12. This is kind of long. So I'm just going to skip some parts. It says, A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can, but it can accomplish nearly anything or destroy it. It only takes one spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that. By your speech, we can ruin the world, turn harmony to chaos, throw mud on reputations, and send the whole world up in smoke and go up in smoke with it. Smoke right from the pit of hell. This is scary. You can tame a tiger, but you can't tame a tongue. It has never been done. The word or the tongue runs wild, a wanton killer. With our tongues, we bless God our Father, and with the same tongue, we curse the very men and women that he made in his image. Curses and blessings out of the same mouth? My friends, this can't go on. A spring doesn't gush fresh water one day and brackish the next, does it? Apple trees don't bear strawberries, do they? Raspberry bushes don't bear apples. You're not going to dip into a polluted mud hole and get a clear cup of water. It's your heart. What is in here inevitably comes out of here. You can't pull out of your heart what is not there. 1 Peter 3.10 if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Ephesians 4.29 says, Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words may be an encouragement to those who hear them. Proverbs 15.28, The heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking and the mouth of the wicked overflows with evil words. Proverbs 21, 23, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut <laughs> and you will stay out of trouble. You ever see those people that are constantly in trouble? Your kid ever constantly in trouble? I know like my daughter who may or may not be a little bit like me, that's the one thing she gets in trouble for is because of her mouth, her little mouth. 
She's a good kid, but she's not like her mama. Oh, thank you, Lord, for saving our mouths. Psalm 34, 13. Then keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn away from evil and do good. Search for peace and work to maintain it. I don't think the Bible would say work if it didn't meant actual work. It's going to be hard, but I know that we can do this. The Bible says that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. There are more scriptures, but that's just a few. But you can see, like, these are just a handful. If the mouth and the heart and the mind weren't so important, why would God, like, scatter and spread so many through Scripture? It's important. Who you are inside is more important. Because who is inside, and I know I keep saying it, is just going to come out. You know, Pastor uses an analogy that if you have a sponge, and let's say you dip it in chocolate milk, if you put pressure on it, what's coming out? chocolate milk if you have hate and garbage in your heart you put pressure on that what's going to come out hate and garbage but if you renew your mind and you guard your heart and you spend time with the word when that pressure comes on what's going to come out the word blessings encouragement peace, love, all the things that we want in our life. You know, Isaiah, Isaiah 58, 9, I'm just going to tell you what it means because you've got to see the before and the after, but basically it's saying that, and it means that if we can control our tongues, we can get quicker answer to our prayers. Are you guys believing for something and you're like, I don't understand, like, I'm doing everything that I know because I've been here. Like I have prayers currently that I need answers to. I need God to move and I've been stuck and I don't understand why he's not moving. And then here we go. God lays it all out for me and he's like, Kate, you're tying my hands with your words. I want to move heaven and earth for you. I want to answer your prayers. I want to give you miracles and breakthroughs and healings, but I can't because of your words, because you have tied my hands behind my back. Now tell me that didn't hit me like a ton of bricks. I felt all of this big. <laughs> but I'm growing, I'm learning. And I want you guys to understand that, again, if we can change ourselves, we can change us. James 1, 26 and 27. If you claim, who this one got me, you may want to hold on to your seats. If you claim to be religious, but don't control your, your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine faith or religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. These last two scriptures, one's from the old, one's from the new, they're saying that if we are really pleasing to God, really living out our faith, really controlling things that come in here and go down in here, then two things will happen. One, we're gonna watch our words. 
if we're really doing what we say we're doing. And two, we are going to meet felt needs. Love is seen and felt. Now, if you are in this room today and you have never asked Jesus to be into your, have invited, have invited Jesus into your life, this struggle is going to be inevitably more hard for you. Because God gives us the Holy Spirit that is our helper when we invite him in. If this is a change that you're, that you're wanting to see in your family, that you're wanting to see in your community, in your church, wherever that is, it's got to start with you. And today, you're in the right place at the right time. So we're going to say a prayer together as a family. And if you do accept Christ as your Savior, Savior today, please tell somebody. We don't want to stalk you. <laughs> we don't want to harass you. But we know that this walk can sometimes be hard, and we just want to walk beside you. We want to get in the trenches with you, and we want to help you the best that we can. That's all that we want to do is just love on you. And, and as Pastor says, this doesn't mean that you're a member of our church, although we would love to have you. This just means that you're a member of the church and that your soul and your spirit are written in the book of life and you will spend eternity with Jesus. And if you so choose, this life on earth can be a little easier because you have help. So let's just bow our heads together and say this prayer. Father God, I just thank you for your son who died on a cross and rose three days later for me. I invite you to live in my heart, and I thank you that I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, thank you so much for listening to me. I hope that it spoke to your heart like it did mine, but if it didn't, I receive it. I, I needed it, and I receive it. And I'm not going to watch Rambo anymore, and I don't suggest that you do. Um, but right now, if you have your tithe and offering because of the circumstances going on, we're not going to pass buckets anymore, um, but there are give boxes in the back. Please make sure that um, you can find those. Um, if you can't find one, we have wonderful people that will help you find one. We also have our text to give, um, so you can just do that without having to use a check. However you want to give, we can help you with that today. So I'm going to pray over our offering, and then we're going to watch God move together. Father God, I just thank you so much uh, for your word that is true, for your word that speaks life and that it never comes back void. We thank you that we here at Victory and our personal families have more than enough to do what you've called us to do. I thank you, Father God, that um, you are a God of provision, not just for the church, but for these families right now. I thank you that as they uh, step out and give, that they're going to be able to watch you move in a miraculous way in their life. We thank you, we praise you, and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.